You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Monday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. I believe we're still on Central Oregon's new sports radio station, 96.9, the ticket, Bend, Oregon. After the first hour, I think there was some doubt there, but I still uh, believe that we're on second hour there in Bend, Oregon. Todd had a limerick. Paul had a haiku. Uh, I think we got a poll question. Do you want to stay with the same poll question, Seton? Uh, sure. Last hour we went with uh, what team do you love to watch lose the most? The Dallas Cowboys running away with that one. We could switch it up to which team do you root for most? Yeah, because I love I, to watch win the most. I think Dallas could win that as well. Okay. They could win and lose. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partners. Also, we uh, say good morning to our radio affiliates around the country. 2022 Masters begins on Thursday. I'm checking the weather as we speak, and they're calling for rain tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. I don't know if the 60% chance of rain on Thursday is enough to wash out that round, the first round, but the weather then uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday looks like it's going to be great. The tournament has a lot of coverage every year, and the Masters will attract even more attention because earlier last week it was reported that Tiger had set his sights on coming back for the tournament. Now it feels like it's going to be a a really big disappointment or letdown if he doesn't play. We were excited about the possibility. I thought he was going to be maybe ceremonial first tee shot with Jack Nicklaus at the par three. Now it feels like he's going to make the cut. Tiger's still regaining strength in that right leg, and if you followed Tiger the past 25 years, you know that pain is nothing new to him. Won the Masters after multiple knee and back surgeries. 2008, won the U.S. Open, stress fracture, torn ACL. The injuries and absence certainly won't make him a favorite, but when you consider the success that he's had at Augusta and his history of playing through injury, it's hard to say that he doesn't have a chance, which 13 months ago, if I said, you know, he's lucky to be alive and they might amputate his leg. But by the way, Tiger is going to be playing at Augusta. He's going to be playing in the Masters. You would have said there is no no chance whatsoever. Can't say never. Uh, certainly with Tiger Woods. I'm curious who they pair him with. I think the weather, the rain here the next couple of days will be interesting with, you know, you got to have firm footing if you're Tiger. You know, it, it, just small things that you don't think of normally. But if you get conditions that dry out a little bit, and just to be able to know when you make that swing, if you've had knee surgery and your left knee and you're a right-handed golfer, you know when you plant that leg, you're thinking. You're thinking all the time. You know, you just don't want to be out there thinking about other things. You want to be thinking about playing golf, not, gosh, is this going to hurt? How much is this going to hurt? Is there swelling? The walking, uh, four days, practice round, can't use carts, and just the fact that he is a, he calls it a game time decision. It's a tea time decision. Is he going to be able to play? And this is just, you're saying you're going there to prepare, and this is walking, this is hitting balls, this is how much of this can I make it like it's a routine that it's going to be day one of the Masters. 
because that's, he has to see how his body reacts to that. I mean, there's a chance he could play round one and not be able to play in round two. Or maybe round two and he doesn't make the cut or physically is not ready to play over the weekend. You know, you don't get a chance to rest after the first round or the second round. But he also knows this. He knows that that is a limited field. If you're going to win a major, that's the major. Loves the course, knows the course, he's won there, and you don't have the same number of golfers competing in the Masters. And those who are competing, quite a few of them don't have a chance. You know, you have amateurs there, you'll have former champs involved. So Tiger is probably looking at this going, I got to probably beat 10 guys. Maybe a little more than that. You know, somebody, after the first day, somebody's always on the leaderboard, and you're going, Bernhard Langer is still on the leaderboard? He's like 70. Happens every year. Uh, you know, then after that, you know, Charlie Hoffman will be on the leaderboard, first page, first round. Feels like that's a given there. Certain guys where you go, yeah, he's up there, and then they disappear usually. But... Tiger, we'll know, we'll know in a couple of days here if he's going to be able to play. I, I, I'm expecting it now. When it first came out a week ago, I went, I, I, I maybe just goes and he wants to be part of the game. You know, he loves Justin Thomas. Um, maybe you go, he's going to go for the champion's dinner just to be back in the sport a little bit. But it doesn't feel like that there's been any hiccups. Every story has been a positive story about Tiger playing. Yeah, Paul. We were talking last hour about dominant brands in sports, athletes, teams, and Tiger was that. He dominated for over a decade. Was he ever a guy? I don't think he was ever a person you rooted against, though. You, you, when he was at his peak, 2007, 8, 9, and he was dominating everybody, it wasn't like Notre Dame were like, oh, I'm so sick of this guy. No, I want him to lose. You never I, got sick of him. No, the scandal with his wife. Then people started. They turned on him. And then he's and and he didn't win for a long time after that. Yeah, but they they turned on him because you you're thinking you got this perfect marriage, this beautiful wife, you got two kids, and then you know you're going out with the the waitress at IHOP. Not that there's anything wrong with the waitress at IHOP. It's just you're married. Then what happened at Thanksgiving? It felt like people people felt duped. I think fooled by Tiger. And uh, you know, then I think. After a while, they just judged him with what they saw on the golf course. And now they're rooting for him. I don't think anybody talks about who Tiger's dating anymore. And I think he's been with uh, a woman for quite some time. But you get to see the, you know, his kids, his daughter uh, inducted him into the World Golf Hall of Fame. He got to play with his son. You know, so it felt like you're buying back into Tiger now. Tiger the family man, late in his career, and maybe you got one more shot. And uh, what better place than at the Masters? Uh, Jeremy in Wisconsin leads us off this hour. Hi, Jeremy. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Mr. Patrick. So I was going to answer the first hour poll question, but I'll just move right into my best and best of the weekend uh, because I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So my first best is obviously, you know, talking about Tiger Woods. So looking forward to seeing him potentially play this weekend. I think he will. So really excited about that. And, uh, you know, obviously I'll be wearing some. (laughs) Appreciate that. Uh, Jimmy Jimerson update there. So 
um, you know, looking forward to obviously wearing my random green Dan Patrick shirts that have nothing to do with this weekend at all. And also my my second best is uh, we adopted a dog over the weekend, so really looking forward to purchasing some Bang Biscuits. All right. You also need to get that uh, T-shirt. I have a puppy as well. Good call there. Yeah, we, we have some T-shirts there, a lot of T-shirts. That, a lot of new ones up there, Yes, actually. we do. Yes. These are T-shirts that seem appropriate this week, but not really affiliated with anything. But uh, this week would be a good week to uh, purchase those. Uh, Chris in South Carolina. Hi, Chris. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Dan. Danettes. This is uh, Chris without a K. Six foot, and unlike Fritzy, I am reshaping my 250. All right. I <laughs> uh, just wanted to call in with a couple of words for the weekends, Dan. The first thing, I have to apologize, Dan. Last time I called, uh, you said I was rambling a little bit, and I was rambling. And as I told Tyler, the reason for that, you know, I drive a semi-truck for a living, and I was actually pulled over by a Department of Transportation officer as I was on the phone with you. And I'm trying to handle your show and going through a truck inspection at the same time. And the officer actually told me that uh, he listens to you every morning. So if I could give a shout-out to Officer Ham in Slidell, <laughs> Louisiana, he let us go because he, he said, I wish I'd have known you were on the DP show. We'd have done a shout-out together with DP. He loves you, Dan. Well, that's nice. Uh, the worst of the weekend is finding out Tigers could possibly be coming back to the Masters uh, because, in my opinion, what that's going to do is take away from the – rest of the guys that are in con- actually in contention until he misses the cut, and then we can get to the forerunners and, and have actually some camera time for them. And one question for you, Dan, hard-hitting journalistic question here. Seaman, I'm sorry, but I don't have time for you this morning. It's all about DP. I still love you, babe. Dan, I'm up here traveling in Pennsylvania, and one thing that I've seen on some advertisements up here that I have not seen on any of the networks covered about some championships, why are the networks not covering – this Leah Thompson person breaking all these records up here in Pennsylvania in swimming. Dan, love your show. Roll Tide. Thank you, Chris. Yes, this is uh, Leah at the uh, University of Penn, Leah Thompson, uh, Leah Thomas, and she uh, is transgender and she's been dominating, but it is swimming. I, I don't think, you know, I don't know how much coverage it's received. Almost feels like it's a news story as much as it is a, a sports story. But uh, she was on the men's team, was not very competitive, now on the women's team, and uh, she's been uh, dominating. Peacock, by the way, the exclusive streaming partner of Yellowstone. Head to the ranch, stream all four seasons, record-breaking hit series. Go to PeacockTV.com. Sign up now. Uh, Sean in Oregon is back. Hi, Sean. What's on your mind today? Morning, guys. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, I want to say uh, best of is uh, hearing you punch your ticket to Bend, Oregon. Yeah. I hope you guys get to come out here and maybe do some fly fishing and uh, and drink some good beers. Yeah, go out there and play some golf, too. Oh, yeah. That's a great retreat. You know, like, you know, L.A.'s got Palm Springs and, and Portland, we got Bend. All right. Uh, I'd like to say the worst of the weekend was all the Boo Birds and uh, everything at the game, you know, that was such a great ball game, Duke and North Carolina, and the crowd was just so disrespectful to start that game. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Doing, now everybody's doing the Coach K impersonation. See what you did? No, what you did. <laughs> 
Stop. Stop it. Listen for a minute. <laughs> Be quiet. Wait. This is how Coach K actually sounds. He was trying to keep his, his emotions in check. When you have three daughters, ten grandchildren, and you've been through quite a bit, you're used to taking care of the emotions of the people you love and that you're responsible for. And that's where I'm at. And uh, I'm sure at some time I'll deal with this you know, in my own way. But uh, for right now, we need to deal with it with our family. I just want to know what he did on Sunday. Like, what was Sunday like? Because you're preparing. If you go to the Final Four, you're going to be ready for Sunday to prepare for Monday night. But then you lose, and then what? Do you just go home, you wake up, and what? By the way, uh, I watched some of the Grammys last night. Olivia Rodrigo, who I told you would have the album of the year when it first came out, and bingo, Olivia Rodrigo, she won three Grammys. She's 19 years of age. Uh, She's got the hit song Driver's License. She was posing for some pictures with her three Grammys when one slipped out of her hands and broke in half. (laughs) Um, The look on her face is awesome. Awesome. Because, you know, she, she realizes, like, I just broke one. I don't know which one she snapped, but the Academy will have a replacement Grammy. Remember when we had a Grammy? We had Darius Rucker's Grammy. And then the Grammys saw it on our my desk, and they're like, they got a hold of Darius, said, if you ever hope to win another Grammy, you better get that Grammy back. And Darius is like, Hey, call me ASAP. I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? Hootie getting back together? He goes, no, I got to have that Grammy. I go, why? You gave it to us. On, you loaned it to us. He goes, no, they want, it, they want me to have it back. I said, it'll be in the bedroom. Nobody's going to see it. Unless it's with the person you're sleeping with. Yes, Seton. <laughs> I always thought that a Grammy would be more substantial than, I thought the one that we had in here felt like it wouldn't, if you just dropped it, it wouldn't just break. no. Yeah, Paul. I got some Grammy questions for you and C. You guys know music. What's the difference between record of the year and song of the year? Because uh, leave the door open one record of the year and song of the year. Is there a difference between those two? I, I'm not making fun. I'm asking. I don't understand it. Well, isn't that the title track to the album? Is the album called that? But then there's album of the year, which John Baptiste won. Yes. One of them is for the writer. Like one of them is um, performance based and the other one is about writing. So I'm not sure which one, like mm. say record of the year goes for, uh, we'll say that's just for the writer. And then the other song of the year is for like the writer, the performer, the engineers, the producers, the everything. Okay. Mm. I, they're separated by, by that. Here's another one. Best traditional pop vocal album and best pop vocal album. What does traditional pop vocal album mean? Does that mean like old school? Because the winner was... Tony Bennett, who's the oldest school, and Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Olivia Rodrigo won for uh, her best pop vocal club. Mm. What's traditional pop vocal club? It's like they create categories just to create categories so mm-hmm. they can give away more Grammys. Accurate. By That's- the way, John Baptiste, ooh, is that a talent? That is a, an incredible talent. John Baptiste. And isn't he the house band on Colbert? Like, oh, wow. Yeah, 
I kept going, where, how do, where do I know this name? And then I'm going, Colbert. Yeah, I'm pulling. Best rap performance, best rap song. Does rap performance mean a time you perform the song? And I think it's, again, it goes back to the performer and then the writers or like the, uh, you know, everybody who worked on it. I think, I think that's the same thing, too. Right. Let's take a break. We'll talk to uh, Jalen Rose of The Mothership. Does he agree with Anthony Davis that everybody is out to uh, hate the Lakers this year? We'll talk to Jalen. He'll join us uh, coming up. Take a break. Back after this, more phone calls as well. Dan Patrick Show. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Kansas and North Carolina have met in the championship game once before. That's in 1957. Triple overtime. Carolina winning. Wilt Chamberlain named the tournament's most outstanding player in a loss. We'll get to more phone calls coming up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. He's uh, Jalen Rose, friend of the show, played in a couple of uh, national title games, lost to Duke, lost to North Carolina. Man, that's not the way to bring it up when I wel- welcome Jalen <laughs> in. Uh, who were you rooting for between Duke and North Carolina or rooting against? Good morning, my brother. Is that a trick question? Everybody know I'm rooting against Duke first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Were no you, accident. Were you rooting for Carolina or just rooting against Duke? I think the latter. I think when I met C.J. McCollum for the first time at the 15th seeded Lehigh knocked off the number two seeded Duke Blue Devils, I gave him the biggest hug. He was just looking at me like, I don't even know you. You know what I'm saying? I was like, thank you. I saw the I saw the Carolina team in New York City. They were here for the um, ACC tournament, and after they beat Duke during the, uh, the 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 ACC tournament, I thanked them then. Thank y'all, thank y'all. <laughs> I never know that they playing for the first Final Four in the first time. When uh, when did you start hating Duke? Tournament. When did you start hating Duke? But I want this to start off with I do have a lot of respect for Coach K and all of that good stuff, and uh, I do recognize greatness. I am on floor against the Duke Blue Devils, and yes. Uh, Christian Laidner, Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill, they do own me. So let me just say that first and foremost. <laughs> in, in, in all honesty, um, uh, I started hating Duke when they started um, being really good and they started beating all of the teams that I rooted for. Like, I idolized UNLV. I cut a, a part down the middle of my head like Larry Johnson and Kenny Anderson. <laughs> like, I had a, a fake gold tooth in my mouth like LJ. I was left-handed. <laughs> Like Stacy Augman and Greg Anthony. Anderson Hunt went to my high school, Detroit Southwestern. He was the Final Four MVP when they beat Duke. I was in his basement watching the game when they lost. I never thought the next year I'd be playing against Duke. So I got it honest. I truly got it honest. Did you think about going to UNLV? I did. I took a few visits. I took uh, – at that time, you normally took visits – 
where you saw local stars also have success. So I took a visit to Syracuse because Derek Coleman was there. Um, Steve Smith was at Michigan State, took a visit there. And obviously UNLV with Anderson Hunt, absolutely. And Tark the Shark, rest in peace, I love him. You know, one of his favorite lines was, when the NCAA get mad at Kentucky, they put Cleveland State on probation. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. You know, the NIL should be named after Tark the Shark, but, but definitely took a visit and definitely looked up to that UNLV team. How wild did the recruiting visits turn out? So, like, uh, what's the statute of limitations? <laughs> You're good. <laughs> You're- you know what I'm saying? Um, here's the thing, right? So, if you're recruiting me, your goal is to show me a good time. And if I'm a teenager and I'm coming to your college campus, how can I show you a good time? Only so much, like, architecture you can show me. Like, this is, <laughs> you know th- – this the library. And, yeah, 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 this is an arts and crafts building. And look at the facility right here. Look at this locker room. As a matter of fact, that can be your locker right there. And then, you know, you meet with the academic advisors and they take you to a nice lunch and all of that. But you're like, I'm still a high school trying to be a college kid. Like, where's the real fun at? And then they turn you over to the players at that point. And then you have a couple of chaperones or hosts and, Obviously, you try to touch base prior so they can kind of see what you're interested in, you know, certain beverages that you might like or, you know, places that you might like to go or music that you like to hear, that type of thing. Kind of make sure that it's a shared, a shared fun experience because you want the recruit to sign a national letter of intent. Who's a number one seed when it comes to entertaining? <laughs> the number one seed? On, well, you, I heard you mention Wilt Chamberlain as the final four MVP, even though his team lost, like he, he's the number one overall seed. No school, like, let, let, school, schools that uh, uh, number one seed. I, oh, um, I, how could, how could you not, how could it not be the running rebels? Yeah. Like how, how could it not be the running rebels and they play in Vegas? Like, like think about this when your recruiting trip has you in a casino, that's different. <laughs> it's just different. Well, not many recruiting trips where you also might need bail money. <laughs> <laughs> well, or, or, or you had a kind of relationship, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. We're talking to Jalen Rose, uh, NBA countdown <laughs> analyst, co-host of Jalen and Jacoby. Uh, Anthony Davis, uh, you know, Marvin, play Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had this to say. He just got back. They lost to uh, Denver yesterday, and he said this after the game. Now, there's no moral victories in this league, you know, especially with us. <laughs> the whole world want to see us lose, to be honest. So, um, but, I mean, my job is to be on the floor, help these guys win. Is the whole world out to get the Lakers? No, that's just what the expectations that come with being a part of a story franchise. He understood that. That's why he wanted to leave New Orleans to go join LeBron in L.A. and ultimately win a championship. But also that same fan base and those same expectations to help you get the 17th championship are the ones that the fans hope that you can play more games than you missed this year. And that's what happened with Anthony Davis. And so when you look at the standards, 
get a magnifying glass when you get a chance and look at the standards to find the Lakers. Yeah, no. Like, like as somebody that has been around this league my entire life, like this is to have the level of talent on their roster. LeBron is flirting with the scoring title and playing at an elite level at this point of his career. Anthony Davis still a top ten player. And say what you want to say about Russell Westbrook shooting, he's still a productive player. When you have those three guys in uniform and you're one of the worst teams in the Western Conference, like that's just unacceptable. And so it's not that people want to see them lose. It's that people happy that they now get a chance to beat them and kick them when they down. That's different. Who plays worse defense, Brooklyn or the Lakers? Wow, six in one hand, half in another. Um, one has LeBron playing a lot of minutes at the five, and the other has KD quasi playing a lot of minutes at the five in theory. I would say uh, you got to say the Lakers. You got to say the Lakers. Like, they're just so bad um, defensively. That, and, and the body language says a lot. And it's from each of the players. It's when somebody misses a layup or somebody does a bad pass. You know, you have one guy trotting back, and then the other team just – flying high and mighty, trying to trying to beat down the purple and gold. So I would have to say the Lakers are the worst deep. There was a stat that I had here, Jalen. I'm curious how you would react to this. 37 different players have recorded triple doubles this, this year. That's tied for the most in the last 40 years. Mm. How do we get to that point where triple doubles are commonplace? Well, a triple double used to have more impact on the game because the score was lower, first off. So, like, there was a a period of time when, like, the big old, the legend, was putting up triple-double records, and I, as a player, thought that they would never be taken down, like the high score on a video game. And then I saw great players like Magic come through the league. I was like, if Magic doesn't do it, it'll never happen. If Jason Kidd never does it, it'll never happen. And so – what now has taken place is the, the game has gotten shorter. Like you have guys that like in, in just think about this in Houston, Russell Westbrook was playing basically power forward and center. We're talking about LeBron now playing five, a guy like Draymond green is six for seven, but he could guard center. So the game is shorter, which means you have more skilled players on the floor. First off. So that means you have more guys that can actually dribble pass and shoot. And today's player is more skilled than the players of the past. And I mean, like, shooting with range, shooting off the dribble. But the pace of play and players being shorter, uh, lineups being shorter. Like, just think about this. When you look at a team in the 90s, look at the scoring champions. They were basically all centers. David Robinson, in the top ten, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, they were all centers. And so they all have power forwards. Horace Grant, um, Charles Oakley, Otis Thorpe, the list goes on and on and on. And so you had guys that were designated to do things besides score. And so now everybody's out there designed to score, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. Shoot as early in the shot clock as possible. That's the other thing. You're not exhausting possessions. You watch a game, now somebody get a rebound, dribble across half court, shoot it from the hash mark with 22 seconds to go on the clock. And so those are a few of the factors that have now made the triple-double seem like it doesn't have the same impact on the box score. 
but it does depending on who's doing it. That's why the joke. That's why the Joker might have a chance to win back to back MVP because his triple doubles, Dan, they're impactful because he's a five out there shooting threes and basically leading the league in assists on uh, one of the league leaders in assists. So he's been a joy to watch this year. When they're all done, when we these careers, let's say fifteen years down the road, Greek Freak, Steph's done, Embiid, uh, KD, who's in the top ten? Out of out of that group, somebody's going to get into the top ten, which means somebody comes out of the top ten. Or well, maybe you don't think that somebody's going to get in the top ten. So uh, I, I love this topic because. Um, being born in the early 70s and being around the game for my entire life, it's important to me to always have a perspective and appreciate the players of the eras that get left out, that get lost because they weren't around with social media or YouTube or whatever. And so for me, like the first four or five basically are like ironclad. And the reason why I say that is because they've accomplished things that no one else will be able to accomplish to remove them from this slot. Michael Jordan, six championships, six finals MVPs, two separate three-peats. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, six championships, six MVPs, all-time leading scorer to LeBron Passam, unstoppable trademark, Scott Hook. Bill Russell, 11 championships in 13 years, dominated the boards, played defense like nobody has ever done. Like, those three people have accomplished things that I don't believe somebody else that's going to play this game is ever going to accomplish the things I just said. So to me, those, those human beings are ironclad. I used to have like now a, a second tier. So LeBron has entered that tier. Magic Johnson has entered that tier. Kobe Bryant, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal. And this, this off the top of the dome, I know I'm going to forget somebody. Um, but I, it, it's tough to me to think that Kevin Durant is going to surpass any of the players I just mentioned. He could, but I, 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 I mm, Steph Curry, they, they still have more work to do, Dan. That's what I would say. Both of those guys still have more work to do. Giannis, I believe he – all three of those guys will be flirting with it. How about that, to your point? They'll be flirting between the conversation of eight or nine and, like, 13 or 14. Those guys will, when when when, it's, when their careers end, be a part of that conversation. But I don't think they'll, like, crack, like, the top five or six. I don't know if I ever told you this. I grew up in Cincinnati. I saw your dad play. Mmm. When the Pistons, I need stories. When the Pistons came stories. to town. Well, see, I was a big Dave Bing fan. Godfather, the legend. I love Dave Bing. But your dad, he might average 21 that year and seven, 1972, 71, 72. And uh, I just remember he was at backcourt. You know, I just watched Dave Bing. But your, your, mm-hmm. dad, your dad could put up some points there. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'll never forget one time I was in Los Angeles. It was like the mid-90s, and I never truly saw this. I was watching, like, uh, uh, NBA channel, and it ended up being the 1972 All-Star game. And, and I can't lie, this is actually sad, um, but, but it's true. Like, A, I didn't think that he might be in the game, and B, I was watching the game and didn't stop 
until I saw Wilt. And then I saw Jerry West. And then I saw Dave Bing. And then I saw my father, Jimmy Walker. And then I actually started watching the game. True story. Walt Clive Frazier, all of them were a part of that game. So historic time, definitely. And uh, he rubbed elbows with the greats. How old were you when you were watching your dad in the All-Star game? I was in the league then. I was probably like 22. Oh, watching the old clips. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm yes. thinking you're watching your dad in the All-Star game when it was actually happening. So you're just – Oh, yes. Yeah. Correct. I, I was, yeah, I wasn't fortunate enough to, uh, to, 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 to be around uh, any of his NBA action. What was his number, 24? 24 was his number? Yes, and, and for any uh, youngster or any person out there that, um, you know, doesn't see eye to eye with a parent or a sibling or whatever, and you hope to try to make it right, make it right. And one of the things I did out of spite, Dan, is because his number was 24, I wore number 42 in high school kind of like as a, a a motivation that he would one day know my name and I would one day um, make it to the NBA. Yeah. Heavy stuff. That's why I changed it when I got to college. It was too heavy. <laughs> I was like LeBron when I got to uh, Miami. I didn't want to be the villain. I'm like, I'm changing this number. I need a fun number. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Do you still have I'm the all your, your uniforms? I have a couple. I do. Uh, 42 in high school, we were national champs. I do have one or two from Michigan. I do have a couple from the Pacers. Yeah, I actually do. But I'm one of those people, like, if you come in my house, like, I don't want all basketball memorabilia and stuff hanging up and around and stuff like that. Now, if I was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, probably, <laughs> or Michael Jordan, I probably wouldn't mind seeing it. But, like, me, I'm like, I'm good. I'd rather have some art on the wall. Best crib you've ever been in? Ooh. I know the best one I want to go to right now. Rick Ross. So I've been to the house when Evander Holyfield, when it was his home, and now what Rick Ross has done to the house. Like, I need to get down to the, the, <laughs> to, to the forever mansion. You know, but I, I, Mike Tyson had a great house in Vegas one time. I got a chance to go there after one of his fights in Vegas, and I remember Mike had uh, Tigers. Literally in the backyard, that big screen. Like I was like Mike, Mike doing it big. So <laughs> I love this game. So I love this game. But you know what, Rick Ross's crib—that's fifty-six thousand square feet. It is, and, it and is. he's usually on his tractor out there clearing farmland or something, <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Smoke, smoking exactly. a bone, and out there on his on his tractor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In a state fit for a king. I need to get out there. Have you been to Shaq's place in Orlando? I have not. I heard, though, when you, you can't go play golf without seeing it. It's a tourist attraction on the water. There it is right there. Like in L.A. when you get on one of those tour buses. <laughs> hey, uh, great, great to talk to you again. And uh, tell Jacoby we said hello. Thank you, Jalen. I will, and thank you for being a legend, Dan. I have to ask you because I'm about to do the show with Jacoby. He brought me a cayenne shot. Yeah. Is it cultural or regional? I don't take the shot all at once, but he does. Do you? Yeah. Take it all at once? Yeah. It, it's just a healthy thing, and a lot of times you don't sip healthy. You want to get healthy over with. <laughs> gotcha.
Thank it's you. cultural. Thank you. Appreciate buddy. the love. All right. That's uh, Jalen Rose. We'll take a break. We'll give you our best and worst right after this. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. I mentioned that 37 different players have recorded uh, triple doubles this season. That is tied for the most in a single season in the last 40 years. And Jalen Rose, who has got a great basketball IQ, was talking about how more players can do more things and there's more scoring, uh, ball dominant. You're going to get more rebounds. You're going to have more points. There will you know, be more assists. That's why you have these numbers that are crazy. You know, the Joker went for 38 and 18. That used to be one of those games where you're like, God, did you see what this guy did? He did 38 and 18. Now it's like, oh, okay. Lakers have dropped six in a row, their longest losing streak since 2017. Stat of the day, stat of the day, tap, tap. stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? what? Stat of the day. If you watch the show on Peacock, the Love Sack sectional that we have has stealth tech features. It's surround sound in the couch, the world's most adaptable couch. Harman Kardon, the uh, 5.1 surround sound. Uh, you pick the fabric, the upholstery on the couch, and delivers an unparalleled immersive audio experience. And if you're going to watch the game, got it all for you. Wireless charging there. Customize yours at lovesack.com, lovesac.com. Design for life furniture. All right. Uh, best and worst of the weekend. I enjoy talking to Jalen. Jalen is a student of the game. And really all topics there. Because I don't know what that would have been like on a recruiting visit to UNLV with Jerry Tarkanian and those guys. Early 90s UNLV running Rebels. No social media. You did just have the one picture. Remember they were in the hot tub? And weren't they in the hot tub with a guy who was known as the fixer? Yeah, which is, you should, <laughs> that's when you should turn around and get back in the car. It was Anderson Hunt and Greg Anthony and a few guys in a hot tub with this guy, Richard Perry. He was a bookmaker. Yeah. I don't know. There's certain names that if you're around somebody and their nickname is, um, throw out uh, a nickname that you probably go. The car stealer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go out joyriding. Yeah. Well, you know, you're sitting there in the hot tub, you're a recruit of UNLV or you're playing at UNLV, and you know you're somewhere you probably shouldn't be accepting things you probably shouldn't. Yeah. Someone pulls out a camera, you probably say, hey, wave that one off. Yeah. Don't take any pictures. Don't let the paper yeah. get it. <laughs> Tommy, Mr. DWI Smith, uh, probably don't want to get in the car with him. Yes, Tom. This is point-shaving Pete. Come say hello. Shake his hair. <laughs> He's got a bag he wants to hand you. I don't know what to. Uh Point shaving Pete. Yeah. The guy to stay away from. Thank you. College Thank, you. Thank you, Todd. Best and worst of the weekend, Todd. <laughs> I call this love for Cove, led by Robert Covington's 43-point effort at the defending champion Bucks Friday night. Clippers win by 34, 153 to 119. <laughs> no overtimes. <laughs> My uh, worst of the weekend, despite other than not knowing how to talk, despite Kevin Durant scoring 55 in Atlanta Saturday, the Nets still managed to lose by seven to the Hawks, 122-115. They can't play defense. 55 points. They still lose. They can't play defense. They don't want to play defense. Seton, best and worst. 
World Cup draw, Dan, oh, is my best of the weekend. England, we want him. Yeah, dude, we yeah. got England. And not only that, but the, it's going to be on Black Friday. Yeah. I think 2 o'clock on Black Friday. That might end up being the most watched soccer match in U.S. Oh. history. That's going to be fun. That's a good one. Uh, my, my best of the weekend or guy who's having the best weekend, Hubert Davis, instant legend, being the guy to knock out Coach K and send him packing. That's, yeah. It's a special place in history for that fellow. Marv, best and worst of the weekend. All right, I got two best. First, Pat McAfee winning at WrestleMania. And pretty <laughs> impressive. He has some moves there. Pretty mm. athletic. And uh, other best, uh, Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird, their show, they had some one-liners that were just so good. Damn. UConn. They are. Taurasi is one of my favorite people. Just there's no filter. She walks in and it's like, hey, dude. Like she'll go, hey, dude. You know, give you a knocks or something or smack you on the back. She's funny. And with her and Sue Bird, that was entertaining. Yeah, Marv. And it was perfect that they were South Carolina Gamecocks. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Uh, Paulie, best and worst. Uh, South Carolina senior guard, a career high, 26 points. Uh, Destiny Henderson picked the right night, took down UConn. She smoked him. And I'm also going to go with McAfee. I I, I thought McAfee was going to do one of those celebrity wrestling things. I know he's been wanting to do it for years. He was in there for the full deal, going top rope, getting hit. Chugging beers with Stone Cold and getting the stunner. It was good TV and good for him. That's a lifelong dream. And it's kind of tough to get in there with these guys who are all jacked, got great bodies, and then McAfee's there. And you go, all right. It's not hard to go, which one's McAfee? You know, you go, uh, yeah. Wait, is that Paige? Yes, Paul. He came walking out on the intros. He had cheerleaders. He punted a football into the crowd. He's a good showman. <laughs> good dude. Final hour coming up, more phone calls. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Update the poll results as well. By the way, Reggie Aloysius Miller Jr. the third tomorrow on the program. Take a break. Final hour, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show.